0: is Control Structure, episode 120, for, what day is today? December 13th, 2016. Big week for everyone listening. This show has notes. Visit thenexus.tv slash cs120 to see them. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Steve. How are you? Um, I'm getting a little cold. A little cold. It, it is a bit cold and snowy, too. This is, our, this is our first, like, actual good snow. I mean, there snowed the other day, but it wasn't good. Yeah. And guess what? Deer season just stopped, and now there's snow. And mm. there wasn't snow for deer season, so when I shot my deer, uh, they didn't leave a good trail in the snow, and so that didn't work out so good.
1: Oh. Didn't really leave a trail in the nice snowpack that is, yes. Cause or there any snow wasn't pack. snow for them to trail.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I had a couple of deer that uh, I so maybe could have tracked, but uh, so
1: so you needed to use X ray vision or something. X ray vision, yes, <laughs> something like that, if possible. So um, this looks like is going to be our last uh, podcast uh, before PricksMix. Mix. Uh, If not the entire year Uh, I'm not sure if uh, The others in Minnesota Want to do like a year end show or not But uh, yeah Uh, Let's see I I think I mentioned that uh, There was like a whole uh, Like five year anniversary Thing uh, For the Nexus You know site or network or whatever Uh, So yeah Like that was last month or so But um, that was mildly fun, that is. So, um, anyways, uh, I've been working on my blog a little bit, uh, which I will be talking about. Uh, Let's see, so, yeah, it was yesterday, Uh, I got one of those, it's sort of like a bike rack, but it makes a regular bike into a stationary bike, and so you can, like, actually use it, like, inside the house. So.
0: That was pretty neat. I'd never seen one of those before.
1: Yeah, so uh, yesterday I set that up and uh, was using it for like maybe 45 minutes or so. And uh, by the way, Chris might be coming in. So if you hear uh, like some loud crashing noises and Rounding. and uh, Chris's voice, that's what it is. Um, so uh, Chris texted me yesterday saying, I can't make it tonight. And I'm like, uh, we weren't meeting tonight because uh, like you were coming over and I mentioned that to him and he's like okay yeah let's do that so (laughs) but uh, that didn't happen so um, because Chris um, apparently doesn't like to come to things or something apparently or maybe he lost his phone maybe he did Um, and or or his mom needed him or something because like suddenly his mom is like kind of needy because she had surgery a few Mm. months ago so, um, uh, anywho, uh, you looking forward to mix?
0: Yes. Getting a couple of days off and, uh, after Christmas, uh, going out muzzle litter hunting since I still have to shoot a bunch of deer to fill all of my tags. <laughs> so, since I couldn't do it with a gun with a scope, mm-hmm. I'm going to go do it with a gun with black powder, round balls, and flintlock <laughs> and open sights.
1: Yeah. Like a real man does it. Yeah, and you did it all by yourself. That's right. (laughs) Raspberry?
0: Raspberry? Raspberry? Do you have neighbors... Not yet.
1: Raspberry <laughs> Raspberry
0: <laughs> Do you have old
1: family videos at home sitting in a shoebox that you can't play? Um, I don't because uh my parents have those and they're on VHS. If this is you, you should have a Raspberry Pi film converter thing.
0: So this uh guy he he had this old uh but would it be 8mm and 16mm home video? The kind mm. when you see uh, in like a movie theater from way back to when or whatever, you hear that, <laughs> and kind of like flashing and shaking a bit with the lines coming through it. Good old classic stuff. From like the 70s. From like the 70s, exactly. Uh, okay, I just remembered the weird run from... My grandfather used to be into the, those home videos, and once when we were visiting years on back, they got home videos of my mom when she was little. <laughs> There's my mom all naked when they're changing her
1: diaper. I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I'm, okay. I'm, I made sure to throw those out. Okay, <laughs> okay. okay clear Anyways. your head. Brain bleach. Brain bleach. <laughs> what were you we talking about? Uh uh converting home videos, like right. old film videos. Old home videos. So anyways,
0: this person's uh uncle grandfather, yeah. yes, his grandfather, uh he had lots and lots of these, hundred and thirty reels worth, which if you were just doing one, I imagine you could probably have them converted for you know, not too incredible amount of money, but since he had so many, it would be a lot of money. So he thought it would be cool to do that with a Raspberry Pi and a camera. And so he started hacking and building stuff, and he's got this solution with software where he takes uh, two different photos of
1: each frame, of different like
0: exposure times. Yes, exactly, different exposure times, kind of, and it's the software that patches them together to try and get a better, better photo for him.
1: So this one projector, I I think it might have been the sixteen millimeter one, that uh, he. Pretty much took it apart, put the Pi inside, and had a light shine through the opposite way inside into the camera. And then, uh, I think it was the official Raspberry Pi camera that he connected to it. And, uh, I think he had to, like, adjust the focal length a little bit. But uh, he eventually got it. So, uh, I think he said that he was able to do, like, two frames every second or so, eventually. Which is pretty impressive, for that. interesting thing, I noticed he used the NEMA 17 stepper motor, and
0: I was like, I know what those are. <laughs> That's what my 3D printer uses. So,
1: yeah, uh, this was uh, pretty ingenious there. So, unfortunately, I think it's because of my nose script that I'm not able to, like, click through the, uh, like, all the example photos and, like, different exposures. I'll, I'll go to the different exposure
0: photo, because that was actually kind of neat. Yeah. Seeing what it looked like. I uh, I mean more or less what you expect, but apparently I don't know how the software is gonna choose between them of which one's best though. I, I think I think he set it up that it combined them. Yes, exactly. So somehow putting them together is getting more depth of colours or something out yeah. of that, which that's an interesting concept to be so, interesting to play with. So
1: he overexposes it to bring out the details in the darker areas mm. then he underexposes it to bring out the details in the bright areas. So, do the two
0: exposures balance each other out, so you end up with those details? Yes. Yeah, so, the end, essentially,
1: so uh, you've never heard of HDR photography, have you? Um, I don't believe so. So, it's essentially. Oh, wait a second, I think so. You essentially have you know uh, like a DSLR camera, and then you take a few photos each with different uh, exposure times. So, when you get this photo, like, all of the photo has this marvelous detail on it. It's where they have
0: the colors are so, so rich and full, like, there's colors that you you just don't see in real life. Yes, exactly. It's so rich in the colors. Yeah.
1: So, but, uh, yeah, fun stuff there. Yes. So, uh, last week, we uh, explained quite a bit about AMD Zen, their new micro-architecture that's gonna, you know, be so great and stuff. So, um, they did a live stream earlier today, uh, and they introduced and unveiled their latest, uh, CPU that's, like, gonna carry this architecture, and, uh, so they, they did this live stream, and it was all about gaming and stuff. So they did a few benchmarks, and they proved that, you know, it could, you know, at least match the top-of-the-line Intel CPU, like their Extreme Edition. And, you know, that's pretty good. Like, AMD has not been able to do that for, like, 10 years now. It's good to see competition.
0: It's good to see that they're actually showing that. So that that conference there, were they showing, like, real numbers? This is fact that they have done this then? And it's not just well, they, rumor at this point
1: in time? So they did... Uh, two, uh, benchmarks. They did, uh, Blender, uh, like a Blender, uh, rendering. Okay. So that's like a 3D modeler modeler type thing. And, like, you could, you know, they had, you know, side by side, you know, the AMD chip and an Intel system. Perfect. And, like, they had it, you know, kicked off at the same time, and you could literally see it drawing in, and I'm like, wait, they're like, are they the same? No, they are slightly different. Uh, because apparently the order in which the little tiles are rendered are slightly, uh, random. Okay. But, uh, you know, they finished at, like, the same time. And then they did, uh, you know what Handbrake is? No. It's a video encoder. So they, uh, you know, they brought that up and encoded, like, I'm not sure, like, how much video. Like, over about a minute or so, the same file... And the AMD chip finished, like, five seconds faster. That's good. So, slightly faster. And I like that they did things through real life, like
0: normal people do video encoding, and normal people do 3D slicing and 3D modeling.
1: Yeah. Well, well, well how should I say this? You know, people out there in the industry. People that would care about buying these CPUs. Yes. <laughs> so, and then they, uh, you know, put some games up there, and... Uh, I really couldn't tell because of the the live stream and the fact that I had it running in, like, the size of a credit card on my monitor. But supposedly, uh, they played identically and looked identical, uh, like, throughout, I think it was, like, this Battlefield uh, match. Video games are a bit more subjective,
0: though, because there's no hard facts there, unless you look at, like, a frame rate or
1: something. Well, that and, uh, like, they're kind of variable- so, like, unless there's like a scheduled, uh, scripted yes. benchmark, they're going to be different, you know, mm. by definition. Um, the and- video encoding one
0: is a good test because then it was you got a number, I could it was five seconds faster. Like, that's real.
1: So, and then they also showed off their uh new video card architecture, uh, which uh, apparently it could do 4K, uh, like 4K resolution at over 60 fps which is pretty impressive so uh another impressive thing that uh they unveiled the day before was Radeon Instinct so like we've talked about how well maybe how NVIDIA's like breaking into the server market and uh like you know it's like especially for ai and deep learning and like all these uh, financial calculations that uh, nvidia puts their chips into servers and you know like all like a whole class of calculations get a lot faster because of their cuda stuff so amd has decided they want a piece of that pie too so um, they have I, i'm i know we've mentioned the uh, i think it's like the r9 fury Where they have, like, their GPU and then, like, the memory, like, right next to it on the die itself. That way it would be faster access being this closer. Yeah, and, like, a lot more bandwidth. So they're actually making a version of that for servers. Wow, very nice. So, like, anything that maybe not necessarily computationally expensive but requires a lot of memory bandwidth, like, that would be, like, a lot faster. A lot of memory bandwidth. Hmm. So, like, you're shoveling through a lot of data, but not really uh, processing it that much. So that probably would
0: not be Bitcoin mining.
1: (laughs) Probably not. That's
0: more calculations, I would think.
1: And uh, Bitcoin mining hasn't really been on (laughs) GPUs for a while now. has not been (laughs) profitable? So... It was a fad. Yes. Now, just as a side note, I was thinking about how... The first person to ever, like, use Bitcoin to buy something was, like, a pizza for, like... Uh, that was, like, 200 Bitcoin. Really? Yeah. So how do you how do you even convince someone
0: when you're starting off a new currency like that? It's digital, nonetheless. How do you convince them, give me
1: something for this magical
0: thing that's a number?
1: So, and then I'm thinking, it's like, okay, well, that was, I don't know, like, five years ago at least... 200 Bitcoin now is like $100,000. Oh, really? (laughs) Something like that, yeah. That's pretty crazy And it's up that much, huh? Yeah.
0: So this is a part of a Bitcoin that I didn't quite get. So the number is unique and it's like yours, like if your wallet's stolen, someone else can use it. But when you give someone your Bitcoin, the number would have to change, otherwise you'd still know what the number is. So how does the number not run out of
1: numbers? I am not sure of that at all. I haven't really looked at that closely, but that is a mystery to me.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a little confusing there because I, I remember reading about there is like saying like the police and stuff. I've heard that before if they raid
1: someone or whatnot, like about them taking the
0: Bitcoin <laughs> because it's money. <funny.
1: laughs> um, but uh, like some other federal uh, branch or like judge or something, at least at one point said that Bitcoin is like a commodity so it's not technically money. Interesting. But I think they may have reversed that now, but I don't know. It's like complicated and Bitcoin is kind of created antithetical to governments anyway.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that that that's the whole whole
1: purpose of
0: Bitcoin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh and apparently governments don't like being subverted. Who knew? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um Speaking about uh, memory chips and whatnot, let's talk about a different kind of memory. uh, The one that's actually kind of permanent. uh, NAND. You know, like solid-state drives. So, apparently, due to especially the latest Samsung recall of, like, all these phones that have been catching fire, uh, that uh, that's caused kind of a shortage in the uh, flash storage market.
0: I was confused about that. They're recalling all these phones... Was the phone defective or was the battery defective? Like, why couldn't they put a different battery in the
1: phone? Well, they tried to put a different battery in oh, it. that was the second recall. Yes. Okay. So, uh, anyway, so that's caused, you know, since phones use this flash memory, that it, um, you know, kind of used up some of that. So people are, you know, looking towards hard drives now for some storage. But because the companies. You know, kind of uh, cut back on production. That means their suppliers cut back on production. So now hard drive prices are going up along with the flash storage. So there's nothing, no good option then. Yeah. Ah. Uh. Let's talk about it. Ooh, so you're uh, looking I'm, at
0: the. I'm seeing what kind of investment options a Bitcoin might be. <laughs> so, apparently, today, right now, one Bitcoin equals $777.25 in US dollars. So, it's interesting. You can see where the hype was. And I remember this was about the time period where we talked about it and things. Back in 2014, there was that huge spike.
1: Well, just before 2014,
0: okay. I think. Uh, I remember it was a while ago. Like, I would have been living down in this area and then uh, around 2015 it's dropping it's dropping and then it levels it levels between 2016 and 2015 and now it's climbing again but it's yeah. it's more of a steady climb and that makes me wonder is this a sustained thing that's going to go now it's kind of established yeah. itself
1: because i famous. i remember this it was like right around thanksgiving uh, 2013 because okay. i made because i made a post satirizing this ah i see so looking at it from
0: a year's time back January 2016 to now it was someplace around $420. So it's gone up about your 200-ish dollars. Now what I would like to see would be to compare that with say the stock market like like one of the famous stocks what's the the difference in like say the past year which one has been more profitable or have they have been about the same? Hmm.
1: So, uh, something that's been profitable for Microsoft uh, that really no one thought about. So, you know how they're doing like all these Surface products?
0: Yes, like the, the things you can draw on and the fancy hockey puck thing we're going to use to do air hockey <laughs> on the, the Microsoft
1: Surface thing. So, apparently they released the Surface Hub earlier this year, and um, it's actually taken off. Uh, this is, like, a teleconferencing, uh, TV, if you will. Uh, it's, um, so, apparently they are offering this, like, a 55-inch version for, like, 8000 and then, like, an 88-inch version for, like, ludicrous dollars, like, 20000 So, it's
0: a TV with a built-in video camera and microphone?
1: Yes, along with whiteboarding capabilities. Okay. So, like... Apparently, they were thinking that, you know, a company would probably buy, like, about five or so. But it turns out everyone was way off, and the average customer is buying about 50 of these. What?
0: I would not think that people would buy that, because that's not really anything special. But maybe it's just about being packaged together and doing a good job being packaged together. And that's why they're selling, even though anyone could have been doing this years
1: ago, it's just that no one apparently... It? So, uh, the average surface hub customer is buying about 50 devices for each deployment. Uh, and the company will hit more than 2000 by the end of the year. One car manufacturer bought 1500. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so, can you
0: buy bitcoins in stocks just directly? Of course, I guess that would defeat the whole purpose. If you do like through an IRA or something though. Well, it would, if it would you did be a Roth, that would be okay because it's it, after tax
1: dollars. Uh, it would be more of like a foreign exchange, like buying foreign money, yeah, than like buying a stock. I'd think. I'm not sure
0: how that works for taxing purposes. Interesting.
1: Yeah, again, that was uh, I think what the court was like trying to figure out, ah. like whether it should be taxed the or government what. Government wants their cut, as always. So, but uh, yeah, uh, Microsoft says that this will be a billion dollar business for them. I can see that. If, if they're selling 50 a customer, that's pretty crazy.
0: And th- the thing that might be why this is taking off could be is times have changed. Working remotely is a lot more uh, common now. Like even I know when I first started working remotely, we only had a few remote employees at the time. The previous remote employees had not worked out very well for the company. They were a little bit hesitant to let me work remotely, but they did. Since we've had many more employees work remotely and they've had very good
1: success with them working remotely, it's becoming a trend. So, uh, let's see, Forrester report commissioned by Microsoft. Um, I think this is where the value lies. It's like so well integrated with like Skype and Uh, like all this easy whiteboarding capability that it's saving 15 to 23 minutes per meeting of just setting things up. I can see that.
0: I will say though, Skype for Business has really good whiteboard stuff in it. However, the audio quality of Skype for Business sounds like you're talking in a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> but if that's a software problem, they can fix that. Or maybe just a bandwidth problem. I could, that could be too. So I could see that being good because the, if it just works and it
1: works easy. Yeah. So, but then again, Skype for Business is not actual Skype.
0: It's it is different than Skype. Yeah,
1: yeah. If you remember, uh, was it Office Link or Mm -hmm. something? That is what Skype for Business is. Yes. So um, yeah, like the whole integration and ease of use thing. Like you know, you're not fumbling with a projector for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, like it actually gets started. You know, it's like okay, let's get this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy on, and boom. Okay, let's draw something. Yeah, it's a good idea. So yeah, I can I can definitely see why uh you know businesses and like the their customers and stuff would want to buy as many of these as possible because it saves them time. Yeah. And time is money.
0: It's it's a lot of money, but as you're saying and I've seen this at work before when you get into the meetings with lots of people, that time is multiplied very quickly very expensively you could easily be burning that much money in one meeting yeah and those 20 minutes in just one meeting sometimes and because so that can make that difference
1: yeah because of highly paid consultants uh-huh. so yeah uh you know once you put it in that context oh of course buy a lot of these yes <laughs> so all right uh something that uh old businesses use and modern ones I guess are pin numbers, so I came across this and it 's an analysis of just you know pin numbers essentially, and uh you know the ones you want to avoid are like the w- ones beginning with a one and a two and probably with a zero now, i'm I'm wondering though
0: is if those ones are ones that are easy to type on your keyboard because that's the beginning so it was one and two on my my touch okay one and two on the top two so that would apply
1: both for keypads and for computers i guess yeah because like the zero is separate from yeah the, the zero is like way over there unless you're talking about a keypad mm-hmm. or like a calculator that's true thing. in that case the zero is easy to slam because it's the biggest key there so, uh, and then of course the repeats, it has like a very nice visualization down here. You know, like you can see the stripe where all the 19s are because people <laughs> like years and birthdays and anniversaries and stuff.
0: Which I, so, I think is common in passwords. I, I've noticed that that parents tend to shoot for stuff like that. It's like,
1: uh... <laughs> so, so the good ones are the ones that start with seven, eight, and nine. But now that you told everyone,
0: those aren't the good
1: ones anymore. Well, I mean, 7, 8, and 9, that's like a space of like 3,000. Whereas, like, most people would probably be using the repeats or the years.
0: There's enough people that are still using the low ones that are safer if we're using the high Mm ones. So, along with that comes the shielding your your keypad at the ATM and (laughs) things like that.
1: Yeah. Or, uh, uh, let's see. I have never used an ATM. You've never used an ATM.
0: That works until you need raw cash, or do you do cash back at the grocery store?
1: That, yes, I do use that, like, as much as I can.
0: Which would work. You still have to type in your pin there. True. But you don't get the thing with... ATMs are famous for the the reader Some I don't know how that works. You put the reader in, and somehow it'll read your card as it slides through it. Yeah, skimmers. Okay, skimmers.
1: There you go. Yeah, so... Ah, so... I haven't, uh, set up, I have not set up a Postgres database recently, but, uh, I stumbled across what is essentially a cheat sheet, uh, for like a, you know, variety of Postgres commands. Uh, so, you know, you know, for all the way from just installing it to, you know, setting up tables and dropping databases and creating stuff. It's your, your basic stuff you use every day if you're working with that database. Yeah. Uh, But then again, I don't really work with Postgres on a daily basis. I just like it. Which is why we need the g sheet. Yes. (laughs) So, uh, now for some uh, appreciate. So... Uh, I would like to appreciate uh, two things. Uh, Font Squirrel uh, for the first one, so especially their uh, font generator. So uh, what this does is that you drop in a few web fonts from say Google Fonts, Uh, remember that one site? Uh, the one that Google has, has fonts. I remember you showing it to me it was yeah. a while ago now. So uh, you download those, and then you can put those through this uh, web font generator uh, if you want to actually host it yourself and be as fast as you possibly can. Uh, you can uh, do this, and uh, you know you can select what kinds of characters you want in your fonts, and uh, you know in order to cut down on the size, and then you can also like make a few little tweaks, which. I pretty much explicitly do like don't do anything <laughs> just to keep it minimal yeah, yeah. or or like as uh, as original as possible so um, you know you can uh, you know, the the most compression you know no, I wouldn't say compression but you know if you're using you know just standard English letters like you don't really need to have these Cyrillic character set in your font Because you're not, you know, using Cyrillic characters on your website, for instance. So, you know, you can go through that. And then, you know, what I, you know, uh, I think I've been sort of infamous for using Base64 fonts and embedding them into the style sheet. So, like, it's just a one-stop download for, like, all your styling needs. (laughs) So, random rabbit trail here. I just had the
0: realization... That if you had enough bits to store the font in, that you could make a font that has every single possible font within that font. Except that would defeat the purpose of a font. It would. But you'd <laughs> have a font that would do that. I don't know, it was just random real thought. So, what? at the top of the page, it has a tab called Almost Free. That's a weird tab. Yeah, so it's basically
1: the licensing.
0: Okay, so they have cheaper fonts that yeah. pre-bake for you that you can get to. Okay, yeah. I was just curious because that was a weird way
1: of saying you yeah, didn't give us money. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about uh, font compression. So uh, there are a variety of uh, formats fonts can come in. There is the TTF and then the OTF, uh, which are you know what the what your Windows, your Linux, and what your operating system uses natively. And then there are the compressed fonts, uh, mostly WOFF and WOFF two, which I've known about the uh, the two one for a while, uh, but I recently realized that hey, pretty much every modern browser supports these, except for Opera Mini, uh, which is <laughs> which is pretty old actually. <laughs> so, uh, and if you're using Opera Mini, uh, use your uh, platform's native browser now, please. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, I noticed this. I's like, okay, well, you know, Firefox and Chrome support it, obviously, and so does Safari for people stuck on iOS and Mac. Good for Edge. Microsoft's trying to yes. do The best
0: they they can to keep it up.
1: Yes, and IE is the old Edge, so you know you don't really need to worry about that. So. Uh, I'm like, okay, and then I also have some good fallbacks. Trouble oh.
0: is, though, IE, as old as it is, it's still going to be around as long as people have Windows 7, and some people just ain't going to give it up.
1: Yes, and even if they upgrade to Windows 10, <laughs> they'll probably still use Internet Explorer. Could you install IE for me, please? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like, my title font... Is uh, I think it's called Questrial, which looks very similar to Century Gothic. So I have uh, Edge over here, and I have Internet Explorer over here. They look fairly similar. They do look. I see the one on the right looks a little bit
0: bigger. And here is our spruce quote of the day. The smug halls are shining, whereas an earnest suit is looking salute. Salute. Yeah. I'm not sure what the word
1: means. It's like soluble.
0: Okay. Apparently the suits can't get wet, at <laughs> least they know.
1: That would be why they're shying Yes. in the halls, apparently. <laughs> so um yeah, it's not exact, but it's fairly like geometric and whatnot, so It looks good. Yeah. Um So anyways, this WAF 2 font compresses fonts down even more. So uh, like last week, my CSS with its fonts in it was about 100k, uh, which my server likes to compress that, and that would squeeze it down to about 72 or so. Uh, So with the WAF 2 fonts, the CSS is now about 57k. Yeah, 57 kilobytes, which gets compressed down to about 40, which is even
0: smaller. Which today, with as you sit here on your your Fios internet that can download apparently 37 gigabytes in like 15 minutes, uh, you think, well, who cares about those 30 kilobytes? But when I'm on my phone and the signal isn't that great, those 50 kilobytes are kind of nice to have back.
1: Yes. Um so, but, you know, because your phone is, like, not total crap, it'll use the compressed version, so you're saving 30 kilobytes there. Yes. So, um, yeah, but, of course, because we're practically sitting right next to the server, the bandwidth between us is, like, a gigabit. So even faster. Yes. So uh, I was in a rather lively conversation with someone uh uh, online over the virtues of uh, inlining your fonts in your CSS versus splitting them out into separate files, or rather leaving them as separate files. I bet they were concerned about cl- code cleanliness and uh, separation. Um, not so much, but uh, I was like, okay, you know, like I sort of broke it down of like how fast it would be. So uh, like I mentioned, okay, it, you know, let's assume a eight megabit connection with a 50 millisecond round trip time. So, you know, the idea is that you're, you know, sending out less, like fewer requests to get everything. And in the time you are waiting for another file, you could have been downloading a bigger file Mm -hmm. because like you download your CSS and then you'd have to load your font from a different URL. So that's another round trip time. Uh, versus just, like, downloading all the font, like, the larger CSS right then and there. And not have to, you know, like, wait for yet another request after the first one. So that is why I inlined them. So, but, uh, then again, I optimized that for HTTP 1.1. 1. 1. With HTTP 2, like, you don't really need to open another connection. Because it's multiplexed. Uh, so you can have like several uh urls being requested over at the same time over the a single connection, and once my server gets upgraded to that, then I will probably split them back out
0: that's probably a fair fair compromiser because then it does give you the little more clean cleanness there
1: so uh with uh can I use dot com which is essentially like a you know, a big table of like all the feature sets uh, for the web stuff across all the different browsers, HTTP 2 has very good support. It does. Yes. So uh, probably even more than WAF 2, because even IE partially supports HTTP 2, at least on Mm -hmm. Windows 10. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that's, you know, getting faster all the time yes and it also helps that your my uh, web page is less than like half a megabyte
0: <laughs> yeah and that's
1: that's a pretty big deal when people
0: land on your website because they don't want to wait around for it to open and such for you that i can even mine just mine's a slow laptop and i probably loaded it for a while so, oh i have actually so it probably is cash to come think but yeah I mean, that's fast, as you said. We're sitting right next to it. though. <laughs> <laughs> so it be a better test. The like, uh, what's Anani Mouse? Anonymous, Mouse, I believe. It's been a while. We we'll go hit your server from. Uh, is it like .org or something? So if you have uh, tracking, you can see where, uh, where uh, websites hit you from. You can find out where I actually am at right now when I go. Oh, that's not the website.
1: So. Now that I recall it, the other guy that I was uh, conversing with, he was saying that if you download the CSS so fast, it means you can, re- re- you know, actually render the page faster. Then I'm like, okay, well, I don't really see the point in rendering the page. like <laughs> you have the text? Well, that, but, like, once the fonts download, you're going to have to redraw it all out again. Mm, this is true. So, so, so it uses an in-between font. Uh well, probably the base fonts from the operating system, so I'm like, I really don't see the value of like getting everything like so fast if you're going to have to redraw it again pretty quickly anyway which which does make sense since it is coming down so fast so so then you know granted downloading uh c s s is render blocking, but it's not download blocking so You know, while your browser is downloading the CSS, it's already parsed out the HTML and says, oh, I need to get this image and this image and this image. So uh, by the time your CSS is downloaded, some of the images have too. So like it gets the very nice effect of boom all at once. So uh,
0: your fancy HTTPS uh, stops me from using your blog. (laughs) 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 Because the naughty mouse... You have to pay to use HTTPS connections? Aha. Uh-huh. So that means I am anonymous and secure. Well, it means that people can't use it if they want to use it.
1: the free version
0: of Anonymous.
1: <laughs> um, I can honestly say you were the first user to request that. To request non https To request uh, compatibility with this. Oh, okay. The free version of this, that is. Well, I mean... T- us, you
0: know, security freaks that want to shell out our credit card to some company and have it tracked back to us. Well, I'm not asking for your credit card. <laughs> well, they are if I, if I have to get the premium version. <laughs> anyway, that's your problem. I guess so. It's my choice if I want to land, uh, land on your website or not. Oh, interesting website that uh, I haven't really looked at them all the way yet. just randomly thought of it. My brother found this other day. It's privacy.com. And PayPal used to do this. In my PayPal account, I could go and get a temporary credit card number. And then it, I could expire it later or whatnot. Yeah, I've heard of stuff like this. And then they get away with it. Well, apparently this website's bringing it back, which I thought was a really nice idea. Anyways, I was going to look into it here soon. It reminded me we were talking to privacy and credit cards and things. But that's a neat idea. One one number for each site. Kind of like I give an email address to everyone yeah. that I sign up for. And then if they spam me, I kind of know who spammed me <laughs> because you're the only one that knows that address. Yes. Gotcha. The funny thing was I had one company once, there's like some free fax service where I used their domain name in my address before the at sign and then gave it to them. And when I submitted it, they're like, sorry, you can't use that email address. I was like, really? You actually added that check to your email address validator that I wasn't allowed to use your domain name in my email address. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That was, that was kind of funny. So, uh, you had to further trick them then. I think I just did something like number one or some random thing. Anything but their name I think I needed to do.
1: Or like replace the one... Or replace the I with one or something. Something like that. So... uh, Anyways, uh, as you can see, I recently reviewed uh, StarCraft II Legacy of the Void. Uh I see. Lots of fire and lasers and magical
0: beings, I think?
1: uh, Something like that. Okay. Um, So... The Legacy of the Void is the, uh, chapter with all the psychic aliens in it.
0: Those would be the magical spinny things that yeah. I
1: saw? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, it was pretty fun, and I've been looking forward to this for a long time. So, um, I might, uh, be talking about the web fonts and the optimizations and the conversation with the, uh, one guy. So, I guess I'll have to put a link to that. Um... Uh, let's see. Aside from that, uh, yeah. Things might be going a little slow because of the holidays. Uh, at least, like, as far as, like, my personal stuff. Uh, I might be biking again because I have it set up in the basement.
0: That looks like a pretty nice setup. I bet you get a lot of use out of that.
1: The only trouble is if you're... Well, speaking... it's only been up for, like, maybe 24 hours. And you've already got 24 <laughs> minutes on it? <laughs> well... 45-ish. The only thing I
0: saw with that is if you have a speedometer mounted it to, which I didn't notice if you did or not. I did not. Oh, you did not. Because you used your phone. So this, what I'm going to say, still applies. You can't track how far
1: you went. Well, I can sort of gauge it by just how long I've been riding it. Which is probably a pretty fair thing. Yeah. So, you know, you know granted I did 45 minutes, but like I used to go out for like an hour and a half. But I haven't been, like, doing anything for about two months. So, you know, it's like, okay, well, don't feel bad. You know, just keep doing it. Mm. And eventually you get up to where you used to. And then stop worrying about it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty neat idea. That's when I was in, back when I lived in my apartment. I had thought about getting an exercise bike a few different times. Just for something to do, get some exercise. If I didn't feel like, you know, going out on the street or at night, at nighttime to go walk someplace. I that that's a nice idea because it's just being able to use your bicycle. That's nice. That you already have. Exactly. You don't have to go buy something else. And now for moving, you already have your bicycle, so you have to move that or whatnot. And now it's just this little smaller device
1: you would have to move instead of a whole other exercise bike that's heavy and all that. Yeah. So um, And then you might not have seen, but I had the monitor up on top of the server down there. And I also had the little crappy speakers next to it, so like I can actually like watch something while I'm down there. Oh, there you go, that's a nice idea. So you can get your exercise and
0: watch uh, movies.
1: Yes the the oh, only so. the only downside, the big downside is that the furnace is right there, so that's a whole lot of noise. Ah, uh, I see.
0: Need Bluetooth earbuds or something. I was going to say watch TV, then I realized that was
1: not what you were doing. <laughs> yes. So, uh, you know, of course. What I have down there is, like, the 15-inch CRT, so, like, widescreen is, like, going to be letterboxed. I remember when
0: 15-inch was a very respectable screen size. Yes,
1: like, everyone had 15-inch CRTs, at least, like, decent ones. And then I remember when 17 was cool. That one behind there. (laughs) So... So yes, my deluxe 20th century PC. Then I remember going back and
0: using the computer we had, our first one that had like a 7 or an 8 on it, and just looking at it, I was like, how did you do anything on that screen? <laughs> like, it's so small, you couldn't even open a web page on that or anything. It's so small. But we used it, and we thought it was enough at the time.
1: Well, you see, before that, you didn't have anything at all. So it was cool to have
0: anything. Yes. That. It's like the, the, you know how they, for blind people, they're experimenting with implants that you can do it Yeah, and they, you know, put the electrodes into your brain and you can see like these couple blocky things and the guy waves his hand and you see like these blocks <laughs> on the screen and your eye going back and forth. And like, oh, I can see him waving his hand. <laughs> it's the better than nothing thing.
1: Someday they're getting actual good vision. They're like, wow, I used that. That's pretty bad. Yeah, um, maybe someday we can actually, like, grow eyes inside the heads of people, like, blind people. That that could be nice for them. That way they could have real eyes
0: instead of the uh, um, made-up, invented electrical circuits.
1: Yeah, so, like, I was thinking, it's like, well, maybe, like, in some kind of sci-fi story with, like, the little, like, magical wand that sort of, like, regrows body parts. It's like, ow! Like, someone stabbed me in the eye, and, like, now my eye is, like... All gross and stuff. It's like, okay, hold still. <laughs> wow, I can see really good now. Can you do it to the other one? so make it better) So, um, yeah, sorry for the uh, mental image there, but uh, uh, so yeah, and then you said that you'd want to go out and deer hunting again.
0: Uh, that would be after Christmas, the muzzleloader season would start, so that would be uh, my plans for then. Uh, in between then, I'll probably be doing more 3D printing stuff, as I have been doing a lot lately. Uh, do, have I showed you my 3D printed airplane? N- oh.
1: No, you didn't. Okay, I, I can uh, probably bring it up here. So, yeah, because you showed me that little, like, what is it, the chassis for your little car? Or something? Uh, that'll probably be the next one I'll show you, that I may
0: have already showed you. That's It's missing a piece there. But I can see that. <laughs> it, it, I, I have printed it since. So, what are you using to hold it together, or will if I have uh, carbon rods coming from China. It's only going to take two months to get here. <laughs> uh, hopefully, I've paid close to a month now. Hopefully it may get here soon. Anyways, carbon rods... And since it's ABS plastic, I can use acetone and melt it together. Hmm. So it's basically welding the plastic together. So it should be really strong. That's also why it's weird colors, because I've already sprayed acetone on these parts and sanded some of them, so it's a bit weird looking. Probably paint them eventually. Anyways, so hook them together, and theoretically, it should uh, be able to put parts into it to make an actual flying RC jet three D 3D, fully 3D-printed airplane, and... Uh, The original guy that designed it used a different type of plastic, but I used a type that's more flexible and lighter. So I should have, hopefully, a better airplane. We'll see how that goes, though. And then my other one is, I think maybe this is one you did already see, was my uh, 3D-printed Bobcat thing. (laughs) And you can see I've got the radio hooked up, and I was running off of 5 volts from a wall outlet the other day since my battery charger hasn't come yet. And so I was driving it around on a tray within a few inches, which was the range of my my wires that were attached to the back of it. But it does function and raise the bucket up and down, and and it was kind of fun. So yeah, that's what I've been doing, and probably will keep playing with.
1: Cool. Next step: remote control Lawn mower. <laughs> that well, if it could actually mow the lawn, that would be incredibly useful. I know,
0: and then so you can hook up video cameras on it, and like so you see the grass in front of you, behind you, beside you. And then you can sit at your computer and play a video game, which is actually a lawn mowing game, (laughs) Phase 2... Break it out on the internet where people can come and play the game, the mowing game,
1: <laughs> and mow my lawn for me. See? I've got and, I'll figure it out. And, and they'll say, wow, these are really nice graphics. It's, it's, With, it's so real. I drove over the cat, and the blood splattered everywhere. And the video artifacts were amazing. And,
0: I mean, I couldn't believe it. And the blood stain on the camera, too. It's so lifelike. Yes.
1: And the and the color is exactly what I would expect. Yes, was, the
0: detail of the cat was incredible. And the it was, yeah, the, the, the inner parts of it, it yeah, was the fur so detailed. was so nice. There was there
1: was, was the triangles on his face. <laughs> it just just spread it out. Yes, and that cat had some very frightening polygons. <laughs> 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 ah, too fun say yes. Alright, so I guess that's it. I guess so. So have a good one. You too.